Professor Dumbledore has granted me permission to start this little dueling club. And with that, welcome to the dueling club, learning one spell at a time. Hello, hello, and welcome to the dueling club. I'm Jen. And the last episode was was rough emotionally. Yes. But we're good. You know, we did it. We did the thing. Um, so how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm okay. I'm hot. We have, just like the rest of the country in the U.S., because, you know, we have international listeners as well. Hey, guys and gals. Um, it's been really hot here. Um, so yesterday I ran some errands in the morning, and there was this guy, this attendant at the park in the parking lot of the bank who was like yeah it's really hot stay hydrated stay safe older guy and do you know that we've only had one regular day this summer so far every other day in new jersey thus far in the summer has been incredibly hotter than expected i believe it like record making heat um, mom was telling me the other day that sometime this week the UK had a temperature of 104, 104 degrees Fahrenheit and that was the highest ever recorded temperature on that day yeah, they ever used to like rain and other like we burn well and that's the thing every place that you live in has a different set of of things of materials that they use in like the infrastructure of their place Mm -hmm. so for example the tar that they use to pave roads in the uk is made to handle a lower regular temperature to the point where if it gets too hot in certain areas with that it'll actually start to melt and like the roads will get sticky mm-hmm. so i wonder how many roads got sticky last week in the uk many roads all the roads all the roads mm-hmm. possibly you know what i'm super looking forward to what when we finish this conversation this podcast and I go back to my place and laying in air conditioning while I wear a tank top and shorts. Nice. Yes. And get to play with my two cats. And get to watch a movie with the fiance. That's all I care about right now. I respect it. Yeah. Because it's hot. It's already 97 degrees right now. Who wants to deal with that? It's 9 o'clock. Last night was 9 p.m. 93 degrees. Yeah. I was like, okay, there's no shot. Like, I'm calling the police on the weather. That's not okay. On the weather? Yes. You're like, listen, weather. Cut that crap out. Policia. I do it. I'm okay. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but, yeah. That's probably why last night I was so hot. So, you know, but... So nobody, I don't know if you guys know or if we've mentioned it. We tend to run a little warm in our families, except for our mom. She's always cold. I think we stole all her heat. True. Um, But we tend to run a little hot. So 
when it gets hot outside and it starts to match our internal temperatures, um, we all kind of suffer. It's kind of a bad thing. I start to get like prickly like under the skin. Um, my whole body starts to shut down. My intestinal tract does not enjoy it. Um, I tend to get less hungry. Um, and I get, you know, like everybody else, when they're hot, I get irritable. Mm-hmm. But the big thing is, during the summer, I want to drink all the liquids and have none of the food. Yeah. No, I feel that. I, Because the thing is, is you can just put ice. Ice, ice, yeah. ice. Which is what I was just doing. And then if you put ice on pizza, people look at you weird. Yeah. Yeah, that would be a little weird. But I understand it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Which is why there was a little bit of a pause right now. I was having some of my beverage with ice. Because it's it's time. It is. It has to happen. I'm sorry. I am hot. And it's like we have air conditioning on. And it's still a little warm. Yeah. Yeah. Once you have a pointed directly at you, which you do right now, actually, technically, you're yeah, getting the cooler. I'm than still I am. warm. Yeah. But, but that's because it's really hot today. And I know that we're talking about temperature a lot, but right now that's what I'm thinking about because <laughs> I'm wearing like loungewear and it's super soft and super light and I still feel like I'm drowning in my own heat in it. Yeah, it, I haven't been able to sleep because it's so hot that even with my air conditioner and it like getting like my feet and my legs and stuff like that really cool, the memory foam is absorbing my heat. And that is definitely a thing. And because it's like hot throughout the day as well, like my back wall and stuff is like hot and radiates heat onto me. So I'm like in a very weird place where like my legs are freezing and the rest of me is boiling. So what I would suggest Ooh. doing is buying entirely new air conditioners. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. And I am I am telling you this from experience. Last year with all of the ACs running because we had like a ridiculous summer then too. Um, the and I hear the ice maker right now. My best baby. best investment ever. Literally. Yes. So do you know that every morning our nephew comes running upstairs because his mom and our mother makes him get ice? No, but I can believe it. And I've started getting frustrated. I'm like, leave ice for me. Hello? Mm-hmm. This is my ice machine. Why are you taking everything? So yeah. Back to the whole getting new ACs. Last year, the most we spent one month in electricity was almost $300. Because we had all the ACs running all the time. $300 or living. Here's the thing. Mm -hmm. So far, this this month, Mm -hmm. thus far, has been super duper ridiculously hot, right? Mm-hmm. We've had the AC running pretty much the entire time, right? Mm-hmm. Ask me how much my bill is. How much? Since we bought a new AC for the living room, my bill is going to be, and I'm logging in, $59.52. Mm-hmm. 
Is it because it's just like newer tech is more like cost efficient? Yes. It's more, not cost efficient. It, yes, cost efficient, energy efficient. Mm-hmm. It's pulling less energy to do the same work. And because it's pulling less energy to do the same work and cool things down even better, it makes it so that sometimes during the day, the fiance is working and he's like, I have to turn this off. I'm cold. I'm like, okay, go for it. Well, then. So we've gone from $300 to $59 and however many cents I said. I think it was $59.52. It's well worth it. I know new... I would say that's so worth. Yeah. I know new things are expensive up front. They pay for themselves. And since, you know, if you guys are following the saga of Jen and her uh, house hunting... Um, our closing is in September. Hopefully, we m- will miss all of the really hot weather. I hope for your sake, because moving in this weather sounds like death. Shoot. Looking at houses in this weather was death. Mm. One weekend, we saw five houses in one day. And it was on a day where it was 92 degrees outside. My goodness. And some of those places don't have air conditioner on because they're not cellar occupied. So you walk in and you're like, oh, it's not as hot as it is outside, but it sure as heck ain't cool in here. I would low-key complain, I'm just saying. Well, the complaint... I thought I was buying a house on a sauna. Hello? (laughs) The complaint was... Um, do they have central air in here? Uh, Why is it not on? I could not tell. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there was this one place that we looked at mm-hmm. that had a basement that was fully finished. Mm-hmm. Bro, that basement was a good 20, 30 degrees cooler than the outside. You're like, wow, I really like this basement. <laughs> yes. Uh, man, we've been here for an hour. I like the basement. Yeah, it was so cool down there that it was darn right chilly. Like, if we had stayed longer, I would have needed a sweater. But I live for that. Oh, yeah. Uh, I am definitely of the mind where it's like, wow, it's cold. Make it colder. And do you know the things... You know how when you grow up in in a house, there are certain things that you experience that you're like... When I have my own place, never ever in life again. Yes. So my thing is always like, I don't want to live on a busy street. Mm-hmm. For obvious reasons. We grew up on a very busy street. Parking is a, is an issue. People are always going up and down the street, whatever. So that was one of my big ones. The other one was, I want to have enough space where people can park in my driveway And not have to play the game of, I need you to move every five seconds. That's why I don't like long driveways. I like wide parking areas. Yes. Um, Another one, I need to make sure that my phone works in every room in that house. Oh, goodness. That used to be an issue. Yes. Now it's much less of an issue. But it's still an issue in some places. In some places. 
Um, I've actually lived in an apartment before where I had to sit in the middle of my bed to be able to make phone calls. No thanks. Like, that was the only place I got reception. No thanks. Yeah. And since, um, you know how the fiancé has a phone for work and his is with a different carrier, the work one is with a different carrier, I made him bring both phones into the house to make sure that both carriers worked properly. Good thinking. Yes. What was another thing? There has to be overhead lighting. I don't care if it's recess lighting. I don't care if it's like a, a fake or... or um, bougie chandelier i don't care mm-hmm. ceiling fan cool whatever i just need there to be overhead lighting and i also want there to be natural lighting i mean fair like if i can open up a window and have some sunlight come in and i don't have to turn on a, a light for a while for most of the day i'm happy do you know that i work pretty much without all day Unless it's overcast, I work all day in my office slash guest room in the apartment right now yeah. without turning on the light. Oh my goodness. All day. Uh, there's no reason. We get so much natural light in that it doesn't make sense. Like if I turn on the light, you won't see a difference. I mean, it. it I guess it just depends. Like the orientation of the windows because if you're into your windows windows if your windows are <laughs> east and north facing you're always going to have natural light yeah. until the sun goes down basically yeah well and that's what it is my desk is actually facing the windows and we are i guess facing the the sun most of the day so i have the blinds down and i still get tons of light so there's no reason. The Indos. I need help. The Indos. It's okay. It happens. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a f- mutual friend of ours. Um, hey, look at me. Who is also now looking to possibly buy a house. Um, and I'll tell you more about that later. But it totally makes sense that, again, like we said last time, if you're in a position to buy a home, buy a home. Yeah, so the thing is, is like, uh, a lot of people see now as a bad time to buy a home because they're like, I'm not going to make money on it. The housing market's going to crash. Yes. And then it'll rebound. Uh, it'll, but that's not, that's not even... That, put that aside. You will have a place of your own at a cheaper rate than what rent is. You you guys heard? You are missing out on, on that being a huge deal. Okay, yes, in three years' time, maybe the, the value of your property goes down $50,000, $100,000. You are still living there, and you are you still own it. So That is yours. Like I was saying in the last one. Or the rent for the ho- the rent the mortgage for the house that we're going to buy is still less than the rent that we're paying for the apartment we're currently in. Mm-hmm. Our lease is up this year in a couple months. If we were to renew the lease, it would probably be at at least a hundred dollars more a month. Our mortgage is not going to go up. 
our mortgage is fixed mm-hmm. for the next 30 years. Granted, that's a long time. Obviously, we can pay more, and that'll shorten the duration of the loan itself. Obviously, and we'll pay less. We'll pay less interest if we pay faster. You know. Also, if you decide that that house isn't the fit for you, you can sell the house and use the difference to pay off the remainder of your loan, and 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 possibly buy something else. Exactly. So you're not locked into that house for thirty years, even though they call it a thirty-year loan. Yeah. Again, people just hear things and and get triggered by certain phrases but you have to understand that the reason why people become millionaires off of property is because they read they understand and they're patient oh and can i tell you right now guys there is a house uh, there is a housing shortage on on the rise there, there are no, there are very few new constructions happening right now. Why? Because the cost of materials is so high. Which is also why tiny homes and prefabricated homes are becoming such a big thing. Yes. Have you looked into? God, oh, I called? know. It's the one that, that Elon Musk bought. Oh yeah. No, how, it's you it's see how it's, beautiful those are. It's from Tesla. Oh my God. They're it's, Tesla mini homes. I, I didn't. I thought th- no. There's something else. It's a different company that got that recently went into. Full no, but production. they're they're making f- tiny homes. Okay, but but I'm talking about a different company that 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 Elon bought into. Oh, okay. But it's modular housing units, twenty feet by twenty feet, that you can put up in in afternoon and connect to other ones and build yourself a house. Yeah. And each little unit is $50,000. Buy yourself four of those, 200 k and you have a completely functional home that is gorgeous. Yeah. And when I say it's gorgeous, it's absolutely unreal how beautiful they look. There's, where there's a will, there's a way. I'm just, I'm just where I'm there is a, I know, but, and I'm not, I hate to say that, honestly. Yeah. I, I want to take that back. I take back the where there's a will, there's a way. There isn't always. When, but there can, isn't always. But if you are, if you want to change something and have the financial means to do it, you can find the way to make it happen. Um, the fiance's brother was looking at some properties in the area where he lives. And by properties, I mean actual physical plots of land. Do you know that you can buy a couple of acres in that area of of Pennsylvania for like five, ten grand? And then you get the the two story shed, and I put that shed in quotes from Home Depot for fifteen k for yeah for a fifteen for twelve thousand fifteen thousand dollars, and then you trick it out however you want to put two of them right next to each other. Yeah, and you there you go. You have your own land and your own home for under $100,000. Yeah. And that's the thing. People, you have to take sort of your destiny into your own hands at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't want to be that person who is, like, super anti-government. But the government does not have the common person's interest at heart. Let's be real. Let's not pretend. No government does. No government does, but especially right now. Yeah. So you need to... <coughs> Sorry, the dusty drink got me. 
<laughs> G Fuel. G Fuel is so dusty. It it's mm-hmm. yummy, but when you drink it, there's like a dusty feeling to it. Well, see, and it just ap- got me. You appreciate the chalk. You better stop. Yeah. No, I appreciate it. <laughs> it's like, mmm, yummy fruit flavored uh, Tums. I hate you for that. <laughs> I don't like that. Okay, so anyway. But doesn't it remind you of that a little bit? I'm not going to talk to you now. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, no. You, we have to do what's right for us. Mm-hmm. And I think that you need to really... If, if your housing situation is uh, a bit of a struggle at the moment, look into alternatives. Just do it. It, it, it. Looking into it, you're not committing yourself to anything. You're just checking out your options. Yeah. I mean, even if you get pre-qualified for something, the pre-qualification is good for like six months. You can look around for six months. You don't have to commit to anything in that moment. Yes, they run your credit. Yes, it's a small little hit on your credit, but not enough for your credit to go down drastically. And you know where you're at and you know what you can do. And maybe your credit is not great. Guess what? You have six months to either work on it or you say, I'm going to back away from this situation for a year, a year and a half, and work on fixing my credit. You didn't realize that you were going to get both Harry Potter and housing advice, did you? Go us. (laughs) Hey, sometimes it, it needs to happen. It's just what's on my mind right now. So I'm kind of talking about it a lot. Our mutual friend, she, like I said, she was looking at stuff this weekend with me. I told you, um, or I'm telling you now, she was looking at stuff and she's like, you know, I never really thought about the things that I want, my must haves. So we went through it. What are, what do you really, really want? What can you live without? Do you want something that is 100% move-in ready? Or are you willing to tackle a couple of little projects? Do you want everything on one floor? Do you want multiple floors? Like these are the kinds of things you have to ask yourself and then start looking in that direction. Yeah. Telling you, it could happen. So it's really important to just figure out what it is that you want and do it. Then I just showed you the the boxable little tiny home. Casita. Yeah, how nice did it look though? Like It's not like Casita from um what was it? Encanto. No, that's a whole other thing. Go ahead. Every time they kept saying Casita, that's what I would think. Uh-huh. Anyway, it's like a it's like a un, it's like a foldable tiny home yeah. that like you can have just one of and it'd be like a perfect little housing unit or you can put them side by side stack them right now they can go up to three stories for places that are hurricane and tornado prone I would want to know if the windows are impact rated I mean for $50,000 they better be I'm just saying they may or may not be so I would uh, that would be a question I would ask. Yes. Yes. That's, right. that's the form factor that is really appealing to me at the moment, not traditional housing, because, like, 
anything can go wrong with a traditional house. Yeah. I mean, the plumbing could go to poop, and that's like a fifteen to a five to fifteen to thirty thousand dollars. Well, problem. that's why you guys should all get inspections done on any houses that you want to purchase. You know, they may not find all of the problems, but at least you'll get a general idea of what's happening. Yeah. Inspections aren't required, but I highly recommend. In my brain, they are required. In my brain, you they cannot, are too. That's why cannot, we have one set for tomorrow. Yeah, you cannot live somewhere that hasn't been inspected by a professional to let you know what you're going to get yourself into. Yeah, for you example. That. That, it's, it's so foolhardy. For example, the first house that we actually were looking into, possibly putting an offer on, they had had an inspection done recently because they had been under contract. Mm -hmm. And the inspection found that the roof wasn't near end of life, was at end of life. They straight up said in the inspection, this needs to be replaced immediately. Mm. And that was the thing that made us say, oh, we're done. Nope, we're not doing that. If we hadn't known that there was an inspection or if we had gotten into it and had an inspection, that would have been a stopping point for us, too. Like, you need to know what's happening. You do. Like, period. Yes. And you know what else you need? You need to get back Um, to Harry Potter with us and like, follow, and subscribe. Oh, that's the one. That's the one. That's the one. <laughs> I'm just saying. I have to. I have to say it. You don't, but you do. I anyway, do. Um. Enough of that. So. Yes. My dream for Harry Potter is to have number one. I don't think Fantastic B should exist. I like the series has added nothing to my life. I like the series by itself, but I feel like it shouldn't be named Fantastic Beasts and it should just be whatever comes after the and. You know, like Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, Crimes of Grindelwald. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, Secrets of Dumbledore. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. What was the first one? It was just Fantastic Beasts. Okay. That one was okay. All right. We saw a lot of Fantastic Beasts. But the, the thing is, is that, you know what, the, the, the name does fit. The name does for fit. For that one, yes. Because the, the beasts escape and it's where do you find them? Yes. So for that one, it fit. Fine. The other two, it should have just been Crimes of Grindelwald. It should have just been Secrets of Dumbledore. They're, they it, fe- it felt like the beasts, the Fantastic Beasts, were in there just to be in there. To make the name make sense. It, it feels in the second one they felt like an afterthought like oh it's called Fantastic Beasts we have to include Fantastic Beasts right and then the third one a main plot point focused around one of them right but it wasn't anything like the beast could have been removed and they could have picked something else that take its place, and it would have been just as effective as a movie. It wasn't a Fantastic Beast movie. It was just a movie that had a Fantastic Beast in it. Yeah. So, I... I and, again, I'm not going to go back on my statement. I feel like the three movies that we've seen have done nothing to further my appreciation of the Harry Potter universe. I don't necessarily agree with that, but I, I can see why you the, would say it. The very... 
only thing, and this is a spoiler if you haven't seen the third movie, I you've had time. Yeah, it's been out for three months. Yes. The only thing that I'm going to say about the movies that have been And it's on rich, HBO or Disney. It's it on is. one of those. It's on HBO. I don't I didn't remember which one. You're fine. The only thing that it, it has broadened is my appreciation of how much Dumbledore did care about his family. Because you never got a real feel for it in the Harry Potter series. And he almost seemed like, from Harry's perspective, indifferent about his brother and his sister. Until, at least Harry knew differently about his sister at the very about Ariana, because of what happens in the next book. Yes. Um, the fact that she suffered from an ailment explained in the first Fantastic Beast movie, and he developed magic specifically to help people like her, like, that mattered a lot to me. Yeah. It mattered to me because people always... People dislike Dumbledore. They, they either love him or hate him. People that hate him are well to hate him because how could you leave a child with an abusive family? And blah, blah, yeah, blah. all the stuff I, we've said. I totally understand that. But also, he doesn't just carry the weight of his responsibility as someone who has to champion uh, the groups of wizards that are looked down upon, but he has to shoulder the entire future of the magical world, basically. And so he had to sort of turn Harry into a chess piece, even if he never wanted to, and he didn't want to. You can tell that Dumbledore loves Harry, genuinely cares for Harry. But it's just, Harry has to be that soldier for him. He has to be. There is no other choice. Voldemort made sure of it, as we found out in the last episode, that Voldemort made that prophecy, like, concrete. Yeah. Before he attacked <laughs> the, the Potters, it was up in the air between the Potters and the Longbottoms. But if he had never attacked them, mm-hmm. that prophecy would not have even begun. It would have been prophesized, but like Dumbledore says, do you think all the prophecies in the Hall of Prophecies come to fruition? No. But They're Voldemort just there. is somebody the, said it. Exactly. But Voldemort is the one who made sure it would have to happen. Voldemort is the one who chose his nemesis. Yeah. And Dumbledore unfortunately had to train that person because you cannot send someone into battle without without knowledge. Yeah, it would be like sending someone into battle without armor or a weapon. Yeah, exactly. So he had... What he did to Harry is something he had to do. Could he have done it better? Maybe. But then you have to think of the consequences of telling someone, Hey, Jen, there is someone... I don't know their name. You have to kill them, though. No, thank you. Do you see? Yeah. And so now... And he said it. He said, and and I guess this is our recap. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, after your first year, I convinced myself that you were too young. 11 is too young. Your second year, I said, well, 12 isn't much older than 11. You're still too young. 13, oh, man, I didn't want to add to, to any of your suffering. 14, I ran out of excuses. But, but I cared too much. But I cared too much. And, you know, you had just seen one of your classmates die in front of you. Yeah, and you saw Voldemort come back and you had to fight him and now now you've Here lost someone. And yeah. now you've lost someone because I didn't tell you. So I'm going to tell you now, 
you have to kill Voldemort or he will kill you. Punto final. Yeah, that's it. Like, who who would be able to deal with something like that? Apparently Harry Potter. Apparently. And even then, not really. He's like, what are you saying to me right now? Even Because he, he did sort of, he's like, he's like what, what are you saying right now? I don't understand. And... and he was like, well, it could have been you or Longbottom, and guess what? It's you, buddy. Good luck. <laughs> it's you because that's what Voldemort wanted. Yeah. But, th- again, that's the one thing from Fantastic Beasts that I will give it, is that it makes me feel like Dumbledore cares much more than he's shown to care, at least in the movies. Well, also, in in Fantastic Beasts, we're talking about a 40, 50-year-old you know, Dumbledore, oh, as opposed to an a hundred year old Dumbledore. He's in his in the beginning of the series. He's in his early thirties. Yeah. And then, and by the third movie, he's in his late thirties. Okay, so we're talking about 30, 40 year old Dumbledore compared to a ninety hundred year old Dumbledore. Yes. He's lived some years. He's learned some stuff. And again, the fact that he developed magic specifically to help. Obscurials. Amazing. Yes. But let's get back to this franchise where we now Same go franchise, over. Different I know. Movie. Sorry. Let's get back to this set of books. There you go. Um, where we go over Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. This is season five, episode 44. 44. Yes. Chapter 38 The Second War Begins. We already did the recap. That was when we were talking about all that stuff. Here we are. And I want to read this. He who must not be named returns. <coughs> In a brief statement Friday night, Minister of Magic Cornelius Fudge confirmed that he who must not be named has returned to this country and is active once more. It is with great regret that I must confirm that the wizard styling himself Lord, well, you know who I mean, is alive and among us again said Fudge, looking tired and flustered as he addressed reporters. It is with almost equal regret that we report the mass revolt of the Dementors of Azkaban, who have shown themselves averse to continuing in the ministry's employ. We believe that the Dementors are currently taking direction from Lord Thingy. (laughs) We urge the magical population to remain vigilant. The ministry is currently publishing guides to elementary home and personal defense that will be delivered free to all wizarding homes within the coming month. The minister's statement was met with dismay and alarm from the wizarding community, which as recently as last Wednesday was receiving ministry assurances that there was no truth whatsoever in these persistent rumors (laughs) that you-know-who is operating amongst us once more. Details of the event that led to the ministry turnaround are still hazy, though it is believed that he who must not be named and a select band of followers, known as Death Eaters, gained entry to the Ministry of Magic itself on Thursday evening. Albus Dumbledore, newly reinstated headmaster of Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry, reinstated member of the International Confederation of Wizards, and reinstated (laughs) chief warlock of the Wizengamot, was unavailable for comment last night. He had insisted for a year that you-know-who was not dead, as, as was widely hoped and believed, but recruiting followers once more for a fresh attempt to seize power. Meanwhile, the boy who lived 
There you are, Harry. I knew they'd drag you into it somehow, said Hermione, looking over the top of the paper at him. <sighs> Everyone who had accompanied Harry that night was basically, okay, besides her and Ron. Yeah. Who were still stuck in the hospital wing. And Ron actually, so, so here's what we got. Ginny, whose ankle had been mended in a trice by Madame Pomfrey, was curled up at the foot of Hermione's bed. And Neville, whose nose had likewise been returned to its normal size and shape, was in the chair between the two beds. And Luna, who had dropped in to visit, clutching the latest edition of the Quibbler, was reading the magazine upside down and apparently not taking in a word Hermione was saying. So they're all there. Yes. And Ron says... He's the boy who lived again now, though, isn't he? Not so much a show-off maniac anymore, eh? And Hermione says, yes, they're very complimentary about you now, Harry. A lone voice of truth, perceived as unbalanced, yet never wavered in his story. Forced to bear ridicule and slander. Hmm, said Hermione, frowning. I noticed they don't mention the fact that it was them doing all the ridiculing and slandering, though. Right. Right, that's the thing. Like, who could do that to Harry Potter? Was it, it was? You know, Am I the villain? That? Who could do that to Harry Potter? He is the boy who lived. Am I the villain? I don't think I'm the villain. But, Am I the villain? Yes, yes, you are, Daily Prophet. Yes, you are. You've been the villain. You've been the villain for a long time now. Jerks. Okay, so. Um, they're all there. <laughs> uh, so, Harry goes to visit them, finding, like you said, Luna, Ginny, Neville also visiting. Dolores Umbridge is in the hospital wing as well, as a patient. Dumbledore personally went into the Forbidden Forest to retrieve her from the centaurs. Uh, deeply traumatized by her experience, she is barely able to speak, and Ron torments her by making soft clip-clop hoof noises with his tongue, causing the frightened woman to bolt upright in bed, frantically looking around. Hermione and Ginny can barely suppress their giggles. Okay, it actually, and I want to read it. Yes. All six of them looked around. Professor Umbridge was laying in a bed opposite them, gazing up at the ceiling. Dumbledore had strode alone into the forest to rescue her from the centaurs. How he had done it, how he had emerged from the trees supporting Professor Umbridge without so much as a scratch on him, nobody knew. And Umbridge was certainly not telling. Since she had returned to the castle, she had not, as far as any of them knew, uttered a single word. Nobody really knew what was wrong with her, either. Her usually neat, mousy hair was very untidy, and there were bits of twig and leaf in it, but otherwise she seemed to be quite unscathed. Madame Pomfrey says she's in shock, Oops. says Hermione, or she's just in shock. Mm -hmm. Sulking more like it, said Ginny. That's right, she's sulking. And shocked yes. that those those um what is it half, half humans breed, half breeds yes that those half breeds would dare to treat her a witch in such a manner yes anyway Hermione laments that the prophecy was lost Harry aware of its importance says nothing about knowing its content finding their continuing speculation uh, about it too difficult to bear he heads to Hagrid's hut. Along the way, a vengeful Draco Malfoy threatens to curse him in retaliation for his father's imprisonment in Azkaban. So, listen. 
Harry had just ascended the last marble step into the entrance hall when Malfoy, Crabbe, and Goyle emerged from a door on the right that Harry knew led down to the Slytherin common room. Harry stopped dead, so did, Mal so did Malfoy and the others. For a few moments, the only sounds were shouts, laughter, and splashes drifting into the hall from the grounds through the open front door. Malfoy glanced around. Harry knew he was checking for signs of teachers. Then he looked back at Harry and said in a low voice, You're dead, Potter. You're dead, Potter. That's not the way I wanted to say it. Um, Harry raised his eyebrows. Funny, he said. You'd think I'd have stopped walking around. Malfoy looked... I love sassy Harry. Mm -hmm. Malfoy looked angrier than Harry had ever seen him. He felt a kind of detached satisfaction at the sight of his pale, pointed face contorted with rage. You're going to pay, said Malfoy, in a voice barely louder than a whisper. I'm going to make you pay for what you've done to my father. Well, I'm terrified now, said Harry sarcastically. I suppose Lord Voldemort's just a warm-up act compared to you three? What's the matter, he said, for Malfoy, Crabbe, and Goyle had all looked stricken at the sound of the name. He's your dad's mate, isn't he? Not scared of him, are you? You think you're such a big man, Potter, said Malfoy, advancing now, Crabbe and Goyle flanking him. You wait, I'll have you. You can't land my father in prison. I thought I just had, <laughs> said Harry. Mm. The Dementors have left Azkaban, said Malfoy quietly. Dad and the others will be out in no time. Yeah, I expect they will, said Harry. Still, at least everyone knows what scumbags they are now. Malfoy's hands flew toward his wand, but Harry was too quick for him. He had drawn his own wand before Malfoy's fingers had even entered the pockets of his robes. Potter! And it was Snape. Yes. Harry quicker on the draw has Malfoy at one point, but Snape intervenes before either can jinx the other. Snape is about to penalize Gryffindor ten points, but sneeringly comments that there are no house points left. Just then, Professor McGonagall arrived from St. Mungo's Hospital, which remember, she was there because of the jinxes. Because she took four stunner spells to the at chest. once. I'm telling you, the true hero of this story true. is McGonagall. I mean, right here. Largely recovered, but using a walking stick. Seeing that all of Gryffindor's house points were deleted, I guess we'll say taken away. Deleted sounds weird there. Uh, she awards Harry, Ron, Ginny, Hermione, Neville, and also Luna of Ravenclaw 50 points each for alerting the wizarding world about Voldemort, then subtracts Snape's <laughs> 10 points. Yes, I love it. How she says it to you, though. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Mm -hmm. So that's 50 points. That's 50 each for Potter, the two Weasleys, Longbottom, and Miss Granger. Oh, and 50 for Miss Lovegood, I suppose. Because, you know, she's a Ravenclaw. Mm -hmm. Now, you wanted to take ten from Mr. Potter, I think, Professor Snape. So there we are. Well, Potter, Malfoy, I think you ought to be outside on a glorious day like this. Yes. And that's it. Uh, Harry finds no relief at Hagrid's, despite Hagrid pointing out that everyone now knows Harry was telling the truth. With Sirius gone, it feels meaningless to Harry. Oh, Hagrid had... was hiding up in a cave. And he says, oh, been hiding out in the mountains, up in a cave, like Sirius did when, did when he... Oof. And Hagrid just stopped. Guy, we do not talk about Sirius right now. Anyway, back now. <laughs> <laughs> and then Harry's like, you, you look better. I gotta go. <laughs> well, no, it says, as said Harry, who was determined to keep the conversation moving away from Sirius. Mm -hmm. 
And Hagrid's like, what? Oh, yeah. Well, Groppy's loads better behave now. Loads. Seemed right pleased to see me when I got back, to tell you the truth. He's a good lad, really. I've been thinking about trying to find him a lady friend, actually. Okay. Don't play magical creature matchmaker. Like, that's not... We already don't want him to get more magical creatures, and technically his brother is not a magical creature. Mm-hmm. His bro- I know, but like that's his brother, so we're not gonna call him a creature. His it- name is Grop. <laughs> yes, anyway. his name is Grop. So we can't stop him from helping his brother, although we would like to stop him um, in this situation. But please, no matchmaking, none yes. of that. Uh, with Sirius gone, it feels meaningless to Harry, who finally heads to the lake seeking solitude. A few days later, Professor Umbridge leaves Hogwarts, but not before being harassed by Peeves. Professor McGonagall is heard to lament being unable to assist Peeves, though he is seen using her walking stick to chastise and chase Umbridge. So, uh, yay. Wait a second. Uh-huh. Harry, Harry had a moment. I was reading it. Oh no. Yeah, Hagrid. Hagrid is like, well, you know, like you said, everyone knows you've been telling the truth now, Harry. That's got to be better, hasn't it? And Harry just shrugs, and he's like, and Hagrid says, "Look, I knew Sirius longer than you did. He died in battle, and that's the way he'd have wanted to go. He wouldn't have wanted to go at all." That's what Harry says angrily, and he's like, and Hagrid, bowing his head, and quietly says, "No, I don't reckon he did, but still, Harry." He was never one to sit around at home and let other people do the fighting. He could have he couldn't have lived it with himself if he hadn't gone to help. And Harry leapt up and he's like, "Oh, I've got to go visit Ron and Hermione in the hospital wing." And Which Hagrid's if you like, recall, "That's where he came from." Yeah. <laughs> and Hagrid's like, "Oh, a little upset, but he's like, oh, all right then, Harry, take care of yourself and drop back in if you've got a, mu- yeah, right." And he leaves. Mm-hmm. Poor Harry. Yes. Like it kind of it hurts my soul. Mm-hmm. Rather than attend the leaving feast, Harry packs his trunk. He finds the unwrapped Christmas present from Sirius. Inside it is an old mirror, along with a note from Sirius explaining that Harry can contact him with it. Harry thinks it could be a link to Sirius in the afterlife, but only sees his own reflection. Oh, the note said it is a two-way mirror. I've got the other. If you need to speak to me, just say my name into it. You'll, you'll appear in my mirror, and I'll be able to talk in yours. James and I used to use them when we were in separate detentions. I'm just going to put it out there that J.K. really pushed it in a different direction. Because I remember when I first read this, I was like, I was also young. Because I, when it came out, how old was I? When the book came out? Yeah. Let me see. Because it was one of the ones that came out. While, like, I had read four and I waited for five to come out. Um, 2003? 12? Yeah. I was 12 when I read this. And you know what my first thought was? Wow, it really is Harry's fault. Because, are you going to tell me that Sirius didn't have the mirror on him when he was taking care of Buckbeak in his pocket? Yeah, but again, so Harry his 15-year-old Harry didn't know how to not... Well, he... Okay. If you remember the origin of the present, 
the origin of the present was, if you need me, because Snape is being a bother, use this to contact me. Or, yeah. or rather, it was use this and I'll be there. Mm-hmm. Or I'll get there or something. And Harry's first thought was, I'm never going to use this because I'm not going to risk his freedom in coming up to Hogwarts. And I totally understood it, but at the very least, he could have seen what it was. Yes. So but I'm, I, but in his mind, when he said, I'm never going to use it, it was, I'm just not even going to open it for fear of being tempted. But that's the thing is, Sirius knows what he is doing. Sirius knows what he's doing. But did Sirius he really know? Sirius would not risk his free. Yes. Sirius would not risk his freedom if he wasn't sure that he can maintain such a thing. He's going to where Dumbledore is. You're telling me Dumbledore can't keep him safe from a couple of orders? Don't even don't even pretend. So it's him thinking that he's he knows best again. So when I was younger, I was like super blame trained. I was like, it's Harry's fault. It's 100% Harry's fault that Sirius is dead. And it made my vitriol for Harry like skyrocket for a little bit there. Because I love Sirius. Still do. But, Hagrid's right. Sirius wouldn't have been one to be okay with just sitting at home and doing nothing. And he had been forced to do that for an entire yeah. year. Over a year. And when he finds out that one his... Probably his favorite person alive is in danger. There is no shot he's going to stay home and wait to see if he's saved or not. There's no way. So, Harry, his heart begins to raise. He's like, "I, I think I can talk to him. He says his name loudly and clearly after he makes sure nobody else is in the dorm with him. And... The only eyes he sees are his blinking back at him. And he darn near yells clearly every syllable, serious black, and nothing happens. And a small voice in his head says to him, Sirius didn't have his mirror on him when he went through the archway. That's why it's not working. That hurts me. Disappointment was burning in his throat. (sighs) so then an idea struck him and he is like oh let me go down to the the feast yeah it's because he wants to ask nearly headless nick like how does one become a ghost and you know nick explains that like when you pass you have a choice either to stay or go on. And Harry is like super sad, like, oh, he'll, he'll you know, he'll stay, he'll stay. He, he, you know, expecting to see Sirius just float through the door in that moment. And Nick is like, no, he's going to have oh. gone on. So Harry goes up to him and he's like, Nick, Nick, I have a question for you, please. And he's like, oh, very well. I can't pretend I haven't been expecting it. Expecting what? You to come and find me. It happens sometimes when somebody has suffered a loss. Well, you were right. I've I've come to find you. It's it's just you're dead, but you're still here, aren't you? That's right, isn't it? You died, but I'm talking to you. You can walk around Hogwarts and everything, can't you? 
Yes. I, I walk and talk, yes. So you came back, didn't you? People can come back, right? As ghosts, they don't have to disappear completely. Well, not everyone can come back as a ghost. What, what do you mean? Well, one has to be magical. Well, that's not the problem. I know. And Nick turned away from the window and looked mournfully at Harry, and he says, he won't come back. Who? Sirius Black. But you did, said Harry angrily. You came back. You're dead, and you didn't disappear. Wizards can leave an imprint of themselves upon the earth to walk palely where their living selves once trod. But very few wizards choose that path. Why not? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Sirius won't care if it's unusual. He'll come back. I know he will. He will not come back, repeated Nick quietly. He will have gone on. What do you mean, gone on? Gone on where? Listen, what happens when you die anyway? Where do you go? Why doesn't everybody come back? Why isn't this place full of ghosts? Why? I cannot answer. You're dead, aren't you? Who can answer better than you? I was afraid of death. I chose to remain behind. I sometimes wonder, uh, wonder whether I oughtn't to have. Well, that is neither here nor there. In fact, I am neither here nor there. I know nothing of the secrets of death, Harry, for I chose my feeble imitation of life instead. I believe learned wizards study the matter in the Department of Mysteries. Don't talk to me about that place. I am sorry not to have been more help. I'm really like emotional because, like, again, I love Sirius. Okay. I know. <clears throat> well, well, do you excuse me? The feast, you know. Oh, man. And he left the room, leaving Harry there alone, gazing blankly at the wall through which Nick had disappeared. And then Luna shows up. Well, this is the sad part. Yeah. Harry felt almost as though he had lost his godfather all over again and losing hope that he might be able to see or speak to him once more. He walked slowly and miserably back and forth through the empty castle, wondering whether he would ever feel fear, feel cheerful again. I can't read when I'm upset. Mm -hmm. He had turned the corner toward the fat lady's quarter when he saw somebody up ahead fastening a note to the board on the wall. A second glance showed him that it was Luna. Of course it's Luna. Why is she there? Well, I've lost most of my possessions. People take them and hide them, you know. I hate people. But as it's the last night, I really do need them back. So I've been putting up signs. People are terrible. So people literally bully her and take her stuff and hide her stuff until the end of the freaking year. She had penned a list of all of her missing books and clothes with a plea for their return. Really? Really? All year? Really? You think maybe it'll have changed now? Like, maybe that's why she gets all her stuff back? Because they know that she was with Harry at the Department of the, you know, the Ministry of Magic? Mm-hmm. Maybe. How can people hide your stuff? Harry asked, frowning. He knows the answer. Oh, well, she shrugged. I think they think I'm a bit odd, you know? Some people call me Looney Lovegood, actually. That's no reason for them to take your things, he said flatly. Do you want help finding them? Oh no, she said, smiling at him. They'll come back. They always do in the end. It was just that I wanted to pack tonight. Anyway, why aren't you at the feast? 
And he says, just didn't feel like it. No, I don't suppose you do. That man the Death Eaters killed was your godfather, wasn't he? Ginny told me. And he doesn't say anything. He just nods curtly. Um, have you, he began. I mean, who, has anyone you've ever, has, yeah. has anyone you've known ever died? And she says that it's her mom and that she um, looked to experiment with magic and one of her spells went wrong. I mean, she was nine years old at the time. And about how... Um, she says, yes, it was rather horrible. I still feel very sad about it sometimes, but I've still got that. And anyway, it's not as though I'll never see mom again, is it? Er, uh, isn't it? Oh, come on. You heard them just behind the veil, didn't you? You mean... In that room with the archway. They were just lurking out of sight. That's all. You heard them. Are you sure you don't want me to help you look for your stuff? Oh, no. No, I think I'll just go down and have some pudding and wait for all for it all to turn up. It always does in the end. Well, have a nice holiday, Harry. Yeah. Yeah, you too. I love that she's so optimistic. She's like, eh, it'll show up. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, next day, on the Hogwarts Express, uh, Malfoy, Crabbe, and Goyle tried to jump Harry halfway down the train, right outside of a, one of the rooms full- One of the compartments. One of the compartments, they kissed the word. Full of DA members. Um. <laughs> and they used a wide variety of hexes and jinxes Harry had taught them. Um, Malfoy, Crab, and Goyle resembled nothing so much as three gigantic slugs squeezed into Hogwarts uniforms as Harry, Ernie, and Justin ho- hoisted them into the luggage rack and left them there to ooze. I'm, I must say, I'm looking forward to seeing Malfoy's mother's face when he gets off the train. <laughs> Goyle's mom will be really pleased, though. He's loads better looking now. Anyway, Harry, the food trolley's just stopped if you want anything. Oh, Ernie, Ernie McMillan and Ron. Ron just being Ron. Ron is Ron. Yeah. And they went back to their compartment with a pile of cauldron cakes and pumpkin pasties. Yep. Hermione was reading the Daily Prophet, Ginny was doing a quiz in the Quibbler, and Neville was stroking his mimbulous mimbletonia which had grown a great deal over the year and now made odd crooning noises when touched. So I was like, hmm. <laughs> yes. Love Harry it. and Ron played uh, wizard chess while Hermione kept reading, finished the paper, and uh, sighed to herself that, like, you know, things hadn't gone bad yet, but it won't be long, you know, until mm-hmm. they do. And then um, Ron gets Harry's attention to the compartment door and sees Cho. Uh, she blushed and yeah. kept walking. And apparently she's dating someone else now. Um, yeah. Who is she dating? Michael Corner. <sighs> Michael, but but you were going out with him. Not anymore. He didn't like Gryffindor beating Ravenclaw at Quidditch and got really sulky. So I ditched him and he ran off to comfort Cho instead. Well, I always thought he was a bit of an idiot. Uh, said Ron. Good for you. Just choose someone better next time. He cast Harry an oddly furtive look as he said it. Well, I've chosen Dean Thomas. Would you say he's better? What? Off they go. <laughs> oh, goodness. Off they go. 
Yes. Yeah. And after after the entire ride and they land in King's Cross a platform nine and three quarters um, is a majority of the Order of the Phoenix waiting for them. Yes. Uh, there's Mad-Eye Moody, uh, Tonks, who is out of St. Mungo's, so that's great. Yes. Uh, Lupin is with Wearing her Wearing well. a, a weird sister's t-shirt. Yes. Uh, Lupin as well is with her, and so is, obviously, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Weasley. Dressed in their muggle best. Yes. And Fred and George, who were both wearing brand new jackets in some lurid green scaly material. Dragon hide. So, yes, I was going to say that. Uh-huh. Ron, Ginny, oh, and Harry, dear, how are you? Fine, lied Harry. Like, that is such... Okay, I love her. Mm-hmm. I love Mrs. Weasley. But that is such a weighted question. You cannot ask Harry Potter at the end of this book, which is where we're at right now, mm-hmm. hey, how you doing? Yeah. And expect to get anything other hey. than fine or him breaking down in a puddle of tears. One of your favorite people died like a week ago. How are you, though? Tell me. You know, the one that I had some screaming matches with because we wanted to treat you differently, but it was all out of love. You know, that guy? Yeah, he died. How you doing? I want this. Anyway. (laughs) Okay. So, over her shoulder, he saw Ron uh, gobbling at at the twins new clothes. What are they supposed to be? Finest dragon skin, little bro. Business is booming, and we thought we'd treat ourselves. Hello, Harry, said Lupin, as Mrs. Weasley let go of Harry and turned to greet Hermione. Hi, said Harry. I didn't expect... What are you all doing here? Well, we thought we might have a little chat with your aunt and uncle before letting them take you home. I don't know if that's a good idea. Oh, I think it is, growled Moody, who had limped a little closer. That'll be them, will it, Potter? So he pointed over, uh, peering through with his magical eye, apparently. And Harry leaned an an inch or so to the left to see where he was pointing. And sure enough, there were the Dursleys, who looked positively appalled to see Harry's reception committee. Ah, Harry, said Mr. Weasley, turning from Hermione's parents, whom he had been greeting enthusiastically, and who were taking it in turn to hug Hermione. Well, shall we do it then? Yeah, I reckon so, Arthur. He and Mr. Weasley took the lead across the... So basically, they went and were like, listen, you better treat him right. No, no, we're going to do the dialogue because this is funny. Okay, okay. Uh, Should I be Mr. Weasley then? Yes. Good afternoon. You might remember me. My name's Arthur Weasley. Uh, We thought we'd just have a few words with you about Harry. Yeah about how he's treated when he's at your place. Okay. I am not aware that it's any of your business what goes on in my house. I expect what you're not aware of would fill several books, Dursley. Oh, anyway, that's not the point, interjects Tonks. So I'm Tonks for a second. The point is, if we find out you've been horrible to Harry... And make no mistake, we'll hear about it, added Lupin pleasantly. Yes, said Mr. Weasley, even if you won't let Harry use the felitone. Telephone, whispered Hermione. Yeah, if we get any hint that Potter's been mistreated in any way, you'll have us to answer to, said Moody. I'll do Vernon for a second. Are you threatening me, sir? Yes, 
I am, said Mad-Eye, who seemed rather pleased that Uncle Vernon had grasped, grasped this fact so quickly. And do I look like the kind of man who can be intimidated? Well, said Moody, pushing back his bowler hat to reveal his sinisterly revolving magical eye. Uncle Vernon leapt backward in horror and collided painfully with the luggage trolley. Yes, I'd have to say you do, Dursley. So, <laughs> Potter, give us a shout if you need us. If we don't hear from you for three days in a row, we'll send someone along. Aunt Petunia whimpered uh, piteously. It could not have been plainer that she was thinking of what the neighbors would say if they caught sight of these people marching up the garden path. By then, Potter, said Moody, grasping Harry's shoulder for a moment with a gnarled hand. Uh, take care, Harry, said Lupin quietly. Keep in touch. Harry, we'll have, uh, we'll have you away from there as soon as we can, Mrs. Lucy whispered, hugging him again. We'll see you soon, mate, said Ron anxiously, shaking Harry's hand. Really soon, Harry, said Hermione earnestly. We promise. Harry nodded. He somehow could not find words to tell them what it meant to him to see them all range there on his side. Instead, he smiled, raised a hand in farewell, turned around, and led the way out of the station toward the sunlit street, with Uncle Vernon, Aunt Petunia, and Dudley hurrying along in his wake. Yes. The end. Oh, I have to watch the movie again. So we can do the comparison. Um, I think it just... Oh, there we are. Yes. So that's the end of the chapter. Um, that's the end of the book. So number one... Yes. Number one what? Harry having everyone back him up in that moment. I remember reading it for the first time and I'm like, yes! Well, it's a stark contrast to the summer before where nobody said anything to him. And he was by himself True. all summer with the Dursleys. Hey. This time they were like, no, 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 we're not doing this. You're not going to lock him up like you did year two. You're not going to cause a problem like you did in year three and four. Like, we're not doing this business. We're not. And we're also going to make sure that he's okay because last time we didn't he was attacked by dementors true and the dementors are bad guys now so we're keeping an eye I mean, on never you been good guys, no they've never been good guys but at least they were employed by the good guys so they were good guys <sighs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have to No, make the ministry is I mean the not as bad guys. There you go. <laughs> The not as bad guys. The really bad guys were employed by the not super duper bad guys. Yeah. But now they're just working alongside the really bad guys. Well, the bad guy. The ultra bad guy. Yeah. Yes. Tom. Yes. (laughs) The the super duper bad guy. Tom. (laughs) See, I kind of get why he wanted to change his name from Tom now. (laughs) When you say it like that, you know? It's like, you will the cower. The Lord of all dark magic. Tom. You will cower before me Tom. and my power. What's your name? My name is Tom. <laughs> I'd be like, all right, guy. Come on. Stop. <laughs> Stop it, Tom. Thomas. <laughs> oh, my God. Tom Marvolo Riddle. Just call him Thomas. He'd be like, my name is Tom. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha, Tom. 
Lord Tom. <laughs> Tom Tom. Tom Tom. <laughs> All right, everyone. So the next episode will be a review, but like, oh, those always end up being a couple of episodes. No, we'll, we'll shorten it because I want to get to the next because the either first or second, no. Third, third oh. or fourth chapter. The third or fourth chapter in the next book is literally. Uh, that was yeah okay. So, so no 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 no, 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 no. I, I will preview it. It's something that was like cathartic for Harry Potter readers at the time. Still is now. Dumbledore picks up Harry from the Dursleys. Yes. And. Tells them how unimpressed with their um, hospitality that he is. Yeah. And, and you know when Dumbledore says something, he exudes power. Yes. So they they cower. It, 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 when I read it for the first time, I remember having, like, goosebumps. Like... Yeah. He can literally wipe them out of existence, like, with a wave of the hand. Yeah. Who do you think is more <sighs> powerful, Dumbledore or Wanda? Wanda. She could just be like, magic don't exist. And then and then the would be like Stick. Well that's what she did to, to to what was his name? The the guy who spoke. Oh, Black Bolt. Yeah. You saw the movie, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, you don't have a mouth. He's they're like, you don't want him to whisper sweet nothings to you. How can he do that without a mouth? Mm-hmm. Mouth gone. Yep. And head exploded out the side. Yep. Big yikes. Yeah, I would say Wanda is definitely more Mm -hmm. powerful than Dumbledore. For sure. Although, her thing is being able to find your weakness and get to you mentally. He's good at at blocking his mind. No, so they've upped... So, okay. Do you know how strong she is in the comics? I do know how strong she is in the comics. She can literally rewrite reality. She did. She In one comic, she said, no mutants, and mutants all disappeared. Yes. Literally. Yes. I forget even what the what the cause of it was. It was like... Yeah, she just she just said it. No, no, something happened that made that made her go, I hate mutants. Mutants don't exist anymore. And then, yeah. like, what was it? I think, like, 90% of them died. And, like, 10% that, that didn't die lost their powers. Yeah. Like she, she broke reality to bring the love of her life back. Which is funny enough because she is still not the strongest person in the Marvel Universe. You know who is stronger than her? Reed Richard's son, Franklin. Okay, we're going to end this, this before we go into our other... Nerd stuff. Nerd stuff. Yes. So, Harry Potter... The boy who lived is now the boy who is believed. Yo. But he's also a sad boy. Yes. We are also sad. Yes. Seriously sad. Yes. I had to say it. I'm sorry. You're rude. A little bit. Okay, bye everybody. Bye.